0: starts running and firing at this giant. With well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gig and I blowed his head off. And I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over, and there are two small, gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I saw three long, bony fingers with, like, claws on the end reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. It's almost like they're unzippering our reality and they stick their heads through it and they look around and if it looks like it's, the coast is clear, they step through the rest of the direction. If you take the head, you get the whole package. If you don't take the head off, then what happens is they disappear. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed but no one was supposed to talk about it. But then I look over to my left At the far side of the room And there's Jack
1: And he's got blood on his face He looks at me And he just says one word Oops
0: I've been killing E.T.s longer than most people have careers I reach my hand into this bush And I touch hair couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster.
1: Okay, I'll reload it! You're locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Fight. Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. Before we get into anything, I want to give a quick big, huge shout out to my parents, Michelle Merkel and Brian Merkel for the 30th wedding anniversary that they just celebrated this past Monday. I'm really proud of my parents. Not many people make it 30 years. And I just wanted to say congratulations to my folks. I wish you 30 more years of marriage. Thanks for being everything that you are to me. You guys are awesome. Now, this week we have Dan coming on, and Dan shares some encounters that he's had with friendly ghosts. These are ghosts that were more pranksters than anything. And so tonight we bring on Dan right after this. Yeah. Okay, tonight I have an awesome guest coming on. I have Dan, and Dan contacted me with a pretty detailed email. And Dan, that was really cool for you to kind of just type it all out there for me and share it. Uh, It was very interesting stuff. And I just realized, we were just talking about it, that you follow me on Instagram, which is pretty cool, too. I just saw your uh, woodworking email, and I thought it just kind of connected in my head. So uh, welcome to the show, Dan. How are you doing, man? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. I'm glad you're here and stuff. I, you have a lot of experience here uh, ranging in different, you know, categories and stuff. So we're just going to kind of let you walk us through this stuff. And I guess what we'll do is we'll start with the house you grew up in. You had some experiences in that house with uh, haunted uh, things, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as uh, you know, I never listen to the stories that on your show, you know, I hear, hear people with these just, it sounds like totally crazy stuff. I was trying to put myself in their shoes, you know, like, you know, like what would it must have been like to experience those things? And you know, I started thinking like yeah, I heard some shows and people were describing similar things that I experienced growing up and it's like, well, wait a second, like starting to think and it's like, No, I've actually experienced quite a few things. Like I never you know, I was totally blew everything off, but uh, you know, thinking back, like there was a lot of stuff that I've I've had and seen, heard. But uh yeah, I had to get into it like the my mom's house or my parents' house. Um, they owned it since before I was born, grew up there, um, all the way up until I started college. And, uh, just, you know, your typical suburban house, nothing special. It wasn't old. It was built in the sixties. Um, but there just seemed to be a lot of things. And as a kid, uh, you, I would hear all kinds of stuff at night. Um, I was I had a problem sleeping. I could never sleep. I was always up for hours through the night, just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, trying to do the whole count sheep, do whatever to go to sleep. And uh, so I'd lay there and listen, and just like you'd hear creaking and popping. And I'd ask my dad about it. You know, like what is? That? I heard noise last night. It sounded like somebody was walking around in the house. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just the house settling. Uh, growing up, I always heard it's just the house settling. I don't know how many times, probably hundreds, hundreds of times I heard that, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, it's just the house settling, you know. But as I'd be laying in bed, I would hear in the attic, you know, it's like footsteps from one end of the house to the other, like over my room. And it would just be like creak, 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 like somebody's walking through the attic. And I knew it's not possible because the attic, you know, is a, uh, it's not like your, your, you know, accessible attic where you'd have a room or anything or an office or anything like that. It was, you know, real low rafters. You would have to, you know, almost crawl to be at that area above my room. But it would sound like walking and it was every night and you would listen to it. And it would go back and forth from one end of the house to the other. Um, you know, and it would do that until I fell asleep. You know, and it, was, it was all the time. You know, so I just kind of just blew it off. You know, no big deal. Um, and then, you know, I'd hear things like, it sounded like outside my window. Uh, you know, I'd, I was always peeking out the window to see if what's out there. You know, just see stuff or, or think I'm going to catch somebody or, you know, basically just trying to freak myself out, essentially. Um, and one time, I don't know if I put it in the email um i saw i don't know what it was but it was some sort of thing running up the street um i don't know it doesn't really tie into the, the the creepiness of our house but i heard a screech i was laying in bed and i hear this screech it sounded like an owl um now mind you my dad was huge into bird watching that was like his favorite hobby he'd go out and photograph birds so we're always learning about birds. He's always teaching us everything. And, and owls are one of those kind of mysterious things because you can only, only hear them or see them at night kind of thing. And, and I hear this screech outside my window. It sounded like an owl. So I pop out of bed real quick and look through the curtains, and it was a full moon, and the street was lit up. Now, our house is kind of set. It was, a, it was a cul-de-sac, but it was a cul-de-sac off the side of a street. So rather than being a dead end, we were like a, a bump off the side of a street and it was up probably 10, 15 feet higher than the, the actual road. And so I'm looking down the street, down onto the street. And when I pulled the curtain back, the, everything's lit up from the full moon and I see a silhouette. It looks like a person, but as I watched it running up the middle of the street away from the house, uh, I could see the, like, the shadow of, it looked like wings on its back, like a gargoyle. Wow. And I'm watching this thing, and it's, like, doing this, like, real heavy lumbering, like, slow motion jog up the street. And, you know, it's like, I hear the screech, I pop up, you know, it's like two seconds. You know, I rip the curtain open, I peek out, and I see this thing, and I was like, nope. I shut the curtain, laid in bed, pulled the covers over my head, you know, and it's like... I didn't just see that Uh, and I had never seen it before. i never saw it again. That's one thing. It was like, you know, I thought I was crazy. And then I heard some other people on your show talking about it too. And that's what like cued It. I was like, I've seen that too. I couldn't see any details, anything like shape of it. It just looked like a person with really kind of skinny legs. Um, and you could see, like folded in wings on its back, just silhouettes.
1: That's crazy. So, like, like if you were looking at this thing, would you be able to tell how tall it was?
0: It just looked like a regular sized man. I mean, six foot. But I could tell it wasn't like from the shadow. Like, I like, guess I mean, like it was just a black figure. There was no, I couldn't see any detail other than just the outline of it. But its feet, like where your knee comes down, like from your knee down, it wasn't normal. It was really skinny, almost like, you know, bird-like. It was uh, like it wasn't wearing like baggy pants or anything. Like it came down real skinny and its feet were um, like it was running on its tiptoes. You know, like if you look at the silhouette of a dog's back leg. Okay. You know, it kind of goes back like it's on its toes. It goes back and then it angles up forward. That's how its feet were. Like it was running on its toes, but it from the like the knee down, it was real skinny. And it was just kind of lumbering. Like you could see it back and forth as it's, it's jogging up the middle of the road.
1: Wow. That, Freaked me out, though. Heck yeah, man. Like if I saw that, I would, mean, I would. my gut feeling would be, I hope to God this thing doesn't see me looking at it. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's like, you know, it's like, there's no street lights, Like, it's just, you know, it's a quiet little neighborhood. There's no crime. There's no, there's no nothing. Like any of like any shenanigans that went on in that neighborhood was usually me and my friends, you know, and this was like two o'clock in the morning. Everybody's in bed. The whole entire neighborhood is dead quiet and dark. And I hear this screech and I look out to see something running down the road. I thought maybe like, maybe it could have been a person like a teenager or something you know running around. Mind you, I was like probably 8 or 9
1: at the time. When you heard the screech did it sound like something vocalizing a screech or did it sound when you say screech more like, you know, car tires or something like that?
0: It sounded like a like an owl screeching. That's what I thought it That's was. Right. Like it was yeah. it was a it was a high pitched you know, like a bird call, like a scree like you would hear like a bird of prey, you know like eagles and hawks they just make that screech and that was the first thing that popped into my head i was like oh there's an owl because there's tons of trees all around there's a tree right outside my window and it sounded like an owl right outside my window you know so it's you know super excited you know there's an owl right outside my window so i popped up real quick to look and there was no owl but there was this weird silhouette running down the street so it's like okay So at that moment, I'm thinking that's what made the noise. Whatever that is made that noise, and I'm out of here.
1: Wow. So when you're watching this thing going up the street, uh, I'm assuming you didn't hear any sounds coming from it as if it was like
0: you know, gasping for air or something like that? Uh Uh-uh. No, I think the window was closed. There was no way I was going to hear anything. I mean, it was probably from where my bedroom window was to where it was was probably... 7,500 feet. Wow. So I could see it pretty clearly. But, like I said, like it was, it was like if it was backlit, you know, like the moonlight was coming down from the other side of it. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I, I, I always just told myself it was my imagination I remember it clear as day. I mean, still to this day.
1: So, I mean, you said, you just said that you always told yourself it was your imagination. At what point did you stop saying, that's my imagination? And you start
0: believing your own memory. You know, honestly, it was one of those, like, you know, I was 50, 50, you know, it's like, I know what I saw, but nobody will ever believe me. You know, it's like, I saw a gargoyle running down my street one night, you know, it's like, Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's
0: like I didn't believe myself kind of thing. You know, it's like, nah. And then, you know, like I said, like I, you know, I've heard this like very similar things being talked about on your show. You know, it's like, like now I'm starting to lean towards more that I'm maybe not crazy. Maybe I did think that you know, did I did see what I think I saw.
1: Yeah. No, I one thing I'm convinced after doing this show for just a year. People see some crazy stuff out there. This world is a lot more uh, deeper than any of us give it credit for. And so, like, yeah. like you said, I mean, you heard other people describing similar things on my show. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to it. I mean, it—it's it, crazy to even think about what you saw. I mean, uh, I'm trying to—I like, I'm trying to image it in my head right now. And I'm telling you, dude, like. It seems really creepy, man. It really does.
0: Yeah. No, like like I said, like, when I I open the window or open the curtain, you know, real quick, like, I just peek out, you know, and it's like, okay, I don't know what that is. Like, I'm going to go back to bed now, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to hang out and watch this thing. I saw, like, while it was running, like, I saw it cover a distance of maybe 20 feet before I'm like, nope, nope. I, I don't know what that is, and I don't want to know what that is.
1: Twenty feet, and how long? How long would you say they they took to cover that twenty feet?
0: Uh, I don't know. Five seconds. I mean, it wasn't okay. it wasn't like moving at an incredible rate or anything. Like it, it it looked like it was lumbering. You know, I mean, like it was just kind of strolling. You know, but like kind of in its in a slow jog, but it had this real heavy like side to side you know, like if you're carrying like a really big, heavy backpack, you know, it's like what it looked like. And that's what I'm like, well, maybe it was just somebody with a heavy backpack, you know, in there. But why are they running down the middle of the street at two o'clock in the morning with a backpack that's shaped like wings?
1: Yeah. It doesn't make much sense.
0: You know, it would have to be like, you know, like the big, like hiking packs that have the big metal frame that stick up over your head real far. Right. And like, would have to go really down low too like if somebody's carrying you know like a surfboard on their back like that's what it looked like it looked like folded up wings like you see like the typical statues of gargoyles with their wings folded up but like you know like the i don't know the elbows of them you know sticking up above your head and the tips of the wings are down you know almost to their feet that's what it looked like
1: wow so i like when you what you just described to me it just gave me a whole new image because I wasn't expecting to hear you say that the wings were that big. So that it was really big and huge. It wasn't, there's no way you can mistake that for a backpack.
0: No. And that's, that's why I was like, I, I, you know, my eight or nine year old brain, I'd seen gargoyles. I mean, I grew up watching ghostbusters, you know, that's what it, that was the first thing that I thought we always, I see this thing running down the road and I'm like, Oh my God, the thing in ghostbusters is real. You know, it's that's, that's right there
1: wow that's incredible man that's absolutely incredible uh and so that happened in the house that had the uh the footsteps in the attic right Mm-hmm. yeah i i find it funny because the the whole idea of a house settling seems to be a pretty common uh explanation for things when it comes to parents trying to tell their kids to go to ba- go back to bed kind of thing you know uh, and yeah <laughs> i mean i heard that growing up myself and stuff like that uh now, when you were listening to those footsteps, was it something that you, when you were listening, could you hear like almost like a, a heel kind of like the, you could hear like the foot smacking the floor or was it more like impressions that you were listening to get pushed down on the ceiling above you?
0: It, you know, it was just impressions. It was like, you know, it's like if you got like an old hardwood floor and you're trying to creep through the house at night, be quiet. Like every board you step on squeaks. That's what it sounds like. Okay. So it's like, you know, if you're trying to tiptoe, like not clunking your feet on the ground, not big footsteps, but just the pressure making the floor creak But I was hearing it coming from the attic.
1: And how often was but this? It's like
0: I, this was every night. I mean, this was, you know, anytime I was laying in bed, like I guess I was later, I finally had the problem taking care of. My doctor said it was restless leg syndrome. And like, I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't sit still, I was, you know, ADD or whatever. And I would just lay in bed and listen to this nightly. And, um, you know, it would go back and forth. It would be like, it wouldn't just like back and forth, back and forth. You would hear it, like, go from the living room down to the hall, the end of the hall where my room was. And it would stop. And then you'd wave like a little bit and then you would hear it go back to the living room. And then after a few minutes you would hear it come back and it would just do that like real slow back and forth. And that's, you know, it's like I asked my, my dad knew everything about houses, you know, in my mind. So I was like, you know, what's the noise I'm hearing at night? He's oh, it's just the house settling. I'm like, but how much does the house settle? How long does it take to settle? Cause I hear this all night long, you know, it's not like it just settled and now we're done. I mean, the, um, house, other houses that I've lived in since then old houses, houses built in the thirties, forties, you know, they settle, they move a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, from a warm day to a cold day, some days, you know, the doors won't close or won't open, you know, other days they're just fine, you know, and, and you would hear creaks and pops and kind of stuff like that in the house, you know, at the walls, the ceiling, but it never sounded like it did at that house. It was never consistent. It was never going back and forth all night long. There was never, you know, it would happen like you would hear the house creak at night, but it wasn't a consistent thing. That's where I started like, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's more to this, the whole footsteps in the attic thing.
1: When you're listening to these footsteps, I mean, it doesn't sound like To me, it doesn't sound like a house settling. I've been, I've when I went to high school, I lived in a really old house with my parents, uh, very old house, and you know I'm I'm familiar with the whole house settling thing. And and if I remember correctly, it seemed to be more the walls than anything that would make sound uh, in that house that was settling. I don't ever remember hearing footsteps walking in our attic, kind of thing with the house settling. Uh, When you were when you were listening to this. Was it that you could hear it like almost making its way across, or was it something like you heard two footsteps, you know, in one location, and then like a few seconds later you hear, you know, two footsteps fifteen feet away, or was it like consistent, like somebody almost walking upstairs? You heard each step going up the stairs or across the ceiling.
0: Definitely heard each step. I mean, it was it. It sounded like you know, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot from the living room, and it is it was super quiet house. You know, there was nothing, there was no like ambient noise. Um, so it was dead quiet. Like I could hear my parents snoring at the other, at the far other end. And this house was like, it was like a typical little ranch house, like three bedrooms and a bathroom to one side garage on the the other side. Well, they had an addition on the other side of the garage, like behind the garage. And so they're almost like completely separated from the rest of the house. And I could hear my dad snoring from my bedroom at the far other end. And so the footsteps are coming from the living room, which are about half the distance. And I could hear them come from the living room down the hall. It sounded like it was in the hallway, but up in the ceiling. And it would be one step after another down the hall. And then it would stop over my room. That's what it sounded like. And then a little while later, again, like you would hear each step making its way back to the living room. Like, I could understand if it was like, you know, I'd hear a creak over my room, or then I'd hear a creak, you know, somewhere else in the house, you know, kind of random. But this was not random at all. It never was.
1: That, uh, I I don't know, man. To me, it sounds like something was funny going on. Now, when you're living in this house, was there anything ever. Did anything ever else happen that made you feel uh, like, yeah, that's definitely something odd happening? You know what I mean. Like, was there ever confirmation while you were living in that house that other things happened as well on top of the footsteps?
0: Yeah. Um, so we had just kind of a preface here. We had two cats and a dog at the time. The cats never left the living room. Essentially, like we had a wood fireplace, and they that was their spot was right in front of the fireplace. They never came down in the bedrooms or, or anything. And the, you know, they were either in the living room or they were outside. Um, one night, I was laying in bed, couldn't sleep, and the um, bedroom door was closed. Everything was closed up. Um, I'm laying on my stomach under the covers. This is about the same time I was, I don't know, maybe 9 or 10. Um, I, it felt like... Um, something I thought a cat jumped on the back of my legs. Um, it just all of a sudden, like wham, like imagine if you tossed a cat onto a bed, you know, lands on all four legs, but the pressure was like, it was straddling my legs, like one foot on each side of each of my, on both of my legs. And it pulled the covers down tight to my legs. Just like, you know, the same way if you walked up and, and, press your hands down between, you know, pull the covers down tight on somebody's legs. Like that's what it felt like. Um, in a, in a split second, I'm laying there, like, you know, frozen, like, what is that? Um, you know, the whole time, I'm like rationalizing, like maybe that was just the, the comforter just moving on its own. It's like, no, my legs are pressed down against the bed. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's a cat. And when, it, when it's one of our cats, I'm like, no, the bedroom door is closed and they don't come down into my room ever. And so immediately I thrash my legs. I'm kicking blankets, everything off of me as hard as I can to kick whatever it is that's on my legs. Uh, I jump out of bed, flip on the bedroom light, and there's nothing. Like I'm making sure my bedroom window is closed. Like maybe a possum or raccoon or something got into my room somehow. There was nothing. There was no way that anything could have gotten into my room. Uh, tore everything out from under my bed. I mean, I'm looking everywhere. There's nothing. There's nothing in my room. But uh, actually, fast forward, um, my mom still lives in that house. My dad passed away. Um, they, they separated, I should say. They separated back when I was 12. Um, and my mom remarried. And she still lives in the house with her husband now. And, um, he, they, 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 they do, they're doing like the old people thing where they sleep in separate rooms. Um, so he's in that back bedroom and she's out in the, the other, the, the big addition room. Um, and i mentioned to her that I was coming on the show and, and she was like, Oh, you what are you going to talk about? And I kind of gave her a rundown of everything I told her about this and, um, Gary, her husband, he's like, you know, that's happened to me too. And he started talking about things since, since he's been there and it matches with everything that I experienced. And this is, I've never talked to him about this stuff before. I never, I mean, him and I are never really close. I mean, he's a cool guy and everything, but you know, I've got my own family and you know, we go over and visit, say hi, you know, do that whole thing. But you know, we've never like sat down and talked about this. I've never really you know discussed it or had it out in the open until now you know and he's like yeah i know what you're talking about that's happened to me too and uh, that's crazy man that was the only time when i was a kid um that that happened i mean there was like like you would hear noises um i guess i should say that the going conversation that i always had was that whenever you're in one room, you would hear noises in another room. Like that's whatever's next to that room. Um, And I would always talk about, you know, it's like, I always hear these things. Like when I was older, like 13, 14, staying home by myself during the summertime, during the day you would hear, you know, like if you're in the bathroom, the kitchen was on the other side of that wall. You would hear people in the kitchen. Like it would sound like somebody was in the kitchen, you know, making a sandwich, you know, whatever there was. You would hear thumps and bumps and moving around, you know, to the point where you're like, oh, you know, somebody's home. Come out of the bathroom, nobody's there. Doors are locked, no cars in the driveway. You know, like, that's weird. Like, I swear I heard something. If you're in the bedroom that's on the other side of that bathroom, you would hear things in the bathroom. Like somebody's shuffling around in there, going through drawers or something. You know, to the point where you think that, again, somebody's there. Like you would swear, like if you heard it, like somebody's in there, no doubt. You go and look, nobody's there. Nobody's in the house. You're all by yourself. Um, this went on all the time as well. And my mom had experience, like she had heard it, but, uh, I'm an older brother. He's four years older than me and he was always on the, the other side. He's like, no, you're crazy. That's not real. It's just your imagination. Ghosts aren't real all this stuff. And it's like, no, I'm telling you, like, there's no other way to explain these sounds. Like, like you have to hear it. You know, I can't believe you never heard it. And he's like, nope, never heard it. You guys are crazy. It doesn't exist. I'm like, Okay. Well, I'm telling you, like, I've heard it. Like, I can't explain it, but it's there. Um, fast forward now, I'm 19, I think 1920s, uh, or 19 or 20. Um, My brother was a carpenter. He was doing uh, remodels and stuff like that. And my mom had talked him into remodeling the bathroom. And he was doing a whole bunch of work on the house. Like He did the whole living room and hallway. and um, He was going to do the bathroom. He was working on the bathroom at the time. Um, I was taking classes at the local college and working full time. And uh, I had actually moved out. And then my mom offered me a killer deal on rent. So I moved back in while I was going to school. And at the time, my brother's remodeling in the bathroom, and I'm in and out of the house every day. And, um, he always had this, like, you know, he was always, like, the typical older brother. He was always picking on me the whole time growing up. He was always, you know, noogies and, you know, pin you down to the ground and pretend to spit on you kind of thing. And I was dealt with that every day of my life growing up. And, you know, here I am, 20 years old, every day he would get to the house to work on the bathroom. He'd come in the front door. I'd hear him, you know, tromp through the house, get down. And if I wasn't up yet at, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, he would bang on my bedroom door as loud as he could, yell at me, you know, get your lazy butt up, you know, get up. The rest of the world's working. You're not, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I would always anticipate it coming because I hated. it you know, him pounding, pounding on my door. So I'd always try to make sure I was up. I had to usually be to work by eight thirty, nine o'clock anyway. So I would, you know, be in the process of getting up anyways. And, uh, the, the bedroom that I was in was the one that was right next to the bathroom. So if he was there working and I was home, it was right there on the other side, you could hear everything going on. And, uh, so he comes down, the hallway, bang on the door. I usually go, I'm already up. I come out, you know, whatever. Stop doing that. You jerk. And he would get to working on the bathroom. I'd get ready for work and I'd leave. And, uh, one day I hear, you know, I'm like kind of half awake and I hear the front door open. You know, like the, we had like an aluminum screen door, storm door. It was really loud and creaky. You know, if you let it slam on its own, it was like, it sounded like a car accident. And, uh, you know, it's like I heard the front door. Then I heard footsteps through the house and I hear it come down the hallway and stop right in front of my bedroom door. I'm like, here we go. You know, I'm like, you know, any second here, he's going to pound on my door and start yelling at me. You know, so I'm like sitting there listening. I'm like, I know I'm sitting up in bed, like, waiting for it. Like, okay, go ahead and do it. And there's nothing. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? So I get out of bed. Opened my bedroom door. They expected him to be, like, standing there playing on his phone or something, and there's nobody there. I'm like, okay, where did he go? He was like, literally heard his footsteps come down and stop in front of my door. So I walk out in the living room. Front door's closed and locked. His truck's not in the driveway, like, nothing. Like, it was just seconds later. You know, like, there was no way he could have walked out and gotten his truck and left. Like, he drives a big diesel Ford. Like, I would have heard it. At least. And you know, I was thinking like, that is the weirdest thing. Like, it was definite. Like, it was the same thing I hear every day. Him come through the door, walk down the hallway, stop in front of my door. If it's not open, he pounds on it, yells at me to wake up. And I heard that exact same thing. But there was nothing. It was, the house was absolutely still and locked down tight.
1: And this is the same house that you heard the footsteps in the attic? Yeah. Do you think that whatever is making those footsteps was mocking your brother or I should say mimicking?
0: I don't know. know, It's like the the whole thing was like, that is the weirdest thing. Like, I don't know how to explain it because it, it was, it was my brother. Like I swore my brother had just come down the hallway. Like I, I heard it the same way I hear it every other morning. You know, but it's like one of those, like I was thinking maybe, um, Really like the, the whole theory about how like spirits or apparitions or ghosts, like people will see, it's just like a, you know, it's like a fingerprint. It's, it's just, it's replaying because that's where that world was, whatever. You know, it's like maybe he already left an impression from doing this every day for X amount of months. Like, I don't know, you know, it was, but it was the weirdest thing. Like I definitely heard it. Footstep for footstep the front door, everything. You know, like I, I ripped the door open. I was going to startle him. You know, I was like, gotcha. And there's nothing.
1: Hey, there's some crazy stuff going on in that house, man. I mean, like when you felt that impression on, on your bed, uh, it, it reminded me of an episode I think I just played, um, I think two weeks ago. I had a show where a guy was talking about how he was sleeping in the basement. Uh, his wife was upstairs. He was in the basement and he felt some somebody sit on the bottom of the bed and he thought it was his wife, but she wasn't there. Uh, did you hear that show yet?
0: Yeah, I did. I just just listen to that a couple days ago.
1: Okay. Uh, with what he described is that something similar, I guess, to what you've experienced.
0: It's not, but that's actually um, what Gary, my mom's husband, said that he feels occasionally, like he's felt it like more than once. Where it sounds like he feels like some like a presence in the room, and he feels the bed move and pressure on the bed of somebody like sitting on the side of his bed, like right next to him. And I think he was saying that he's felt like the the whole like cat on his legs thing too. But, but no, like that's like, my mom said that she's felt it, but she thought that it was her dad, my grandpa, you know, it's just like, he's come back to visit her. Like she had a dream that he came back and visit her and she felt him sit on the side of the bed, you know? So it's like, you know, it's kind of at that point, you know, it was like, well, maybe, maybe it is grandpa. You know, maybe Grandpa's just messing with us. He's watching over us. He's hanging out in the house. You know, and it's like, you know, and that's what I would always play it off as, you know, and because he was kind of a jokester. He always, you know, he had the, he had a he always wore like the button-up collared shirt with a little pocket on the front, and he always carried around a little notepad with jokes on it. So every time you'd see him, he would have a new joke, and he would tell you his, you know, latest joke that he heard. But he'd always write down any new one. You know, and he was, he was a jokester. He was a prankster. He, You know, he got a kick out of messing with people like that. And, uh, you know, so it was always like, well, maybe it's just grandpa having a good time. You know, and it was like, that was like how you just kind of blow it off, you know, and not worried about it, not be scared about it. He just kind of come to live with it. Like, it's just another member of the family in the house kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand but, that. I mean, my mom, her grandmother, I think, lived in a house where it was like, you know, Casper the friendly ghost, or something, you know, where it's just like, yeah, it, it was like a prankster. This, the ghost that was in my, in my, I guess, my great grandmother's house would like, when you would get up out of bed and you put your feet on the floor, you would feel somebody grab your ankles and hold your feet to the floor. And it, it, it wasn't like a malicious thing. Like it was what this thing would just play pranks. It would do that. It would, uh, spin the ceiling fan and stuff in the house. Like it was just doing like these, these weird, you know, goofy things. They they never felt threatened by it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's just like, you know, like I, like I, I told you in the letter that about that uh, apartment. You know, that was the same thing. Like all that stuff going on there. It was the same. You know, nothing scary about it. It just was.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, why don't we move into that? I mean, that that's the next well, thing here, isn't it?
0: I've got one more to add to this. Go I'm for it. Living at that house. Um, so while my brother is working on that bathroom, um, and I had told him like he came in, he actually showed up later to the house that day after I had heard his footsteps already. And, you know, and I was like, you know, did you come here early? And he's like, nah, you know, car trouble or whatever. He said that he, you know, got a late start to the day. He got there at like, instead of getting there like seven, he got there like nine. And, uh, you know, I told him what I heard and he's like, whatever, dude, you're crazy. You know, he just laughs it off. He's like, you and mom, you always got these crazy stories, you know, you know, it's just your imagination. None of that stuff ever happens. Like, okay, well, I'm just telling you what I heard. Like, you'll see, you know, someday, you know, you, you just, you just got to pay attention, whatever. Well, it was during that same time. I don't know how much longer he was working on the bathroom for quite a while, I don't know, a few weeks or a month or something. And, uh, it was one day that I had, I would work in the first half of the day. Then I had school the second half of the day, <laughs> excuse me. Um, and this day I didn't have any school. So I just came home after work. It was like one o'clock or so in the afternoon. And uh, he's at the house every day by himself working re- remodeling. And uh, I come pulling into the driveway and uh, hit the garage door opener, you know, the garage doors opening, I'm getting my backpack and stuff out of the car. And, uh, he comes out of the garage, like right off the door opens and he's got this, like, like, he's just seen a ghost look on his face and he's still like carrying He's like, he's like mud in the walls or something. He's got like a trowel and all this stuff all over him. and, And he's got, his eyes are like, you know, huge. And, uh, he looks at me and he's like, how long have you been here? And I'm like, you see it, man. Like, I'm literally just getting out of my car right now. I just opened the door. Like, what's up? And he's like, are you sure? You haven't been in the house. I'm like, no. Like, I literally just shut my car off and opened the door, and you came out of the door. And he's like, huh. Like, I started laughing. I was like, you heard something, didn't you? Like, all this time, we're crazy. You, You heard something. And he's like, man, I don't know. He's like, I swear, you were just in the kitchen, like, thumping around in there. Like I heard somebody in the kitchen, like for real, like, excuse me. Um, like there was no doubting it. Like I, I thought you were home. Like I was talking to you from the bath, from the bathroom and I came out and you weren't in the kitchen and I saw your car out here. And it's like, no man, I haven't been in the house since like eight o'clock this morning.
1: So what was his reaction to that? I mean, once, once he, you know, saw that you weren't in the house, I mean, what kind of conclusion did he come to? Did he just kind of brush it off?
0: Oh, he was weirded out. No, he was like, like he looked and acted like he saw a ghost. Like he was beside himself. Like he's like, no, he's like, you're messing with me. He's like you were, you were in the house, right? I'm like, no, man. It was like, this is what I've been telling you. Like mom's been telling you Like this is, we've been hearing these things, you know, it's like every time, like if you're in the bathroom, you hear stuff in the kitchen. If you're in the bedroom, you hear stuff in the bathroom. Like it's all the time. And he's like, he was always weirded out. You know, it's like he finished the bathroom up as fast as he could after that and wasn't hanging out at the house by himself anymore.
1: Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much everybody in the family has experienced stuff in that house. It's not just one person. Yeah.
0: I just thought it was kind of icing on the cake because he was always like, you guys are crazy. Like, ever since, ever since I was little, you know, it's like, you know, hearing the noise, he's like, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're making it up. You're imagining it. And then he finally got to experience it, and he's, like, losing his mind.
1: <laughs> it's always the one that kind of pokes at everybody else. Is the one that go, you know reacts the the most severe when something like that happens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh man, maybe he'll listen to this this show and maybe he'll start you know thinking about things that you know he did experience in the house that he just never attributed to anything. Yeah, maybe. So you said to me that you had, uh, I believe it was a girlfriend in high school that lived near a uh, cemetery, right?
0: Yeah, it's actually a buddy of mine, his girlfriend. Okay. Uh, But but he always dragged me around, so I'd be the awkward third wheel. And, you know, they just started kind of hanging out, you know, so it'd be like, hey, man, come with me. And I don't want to go over there by myself. He was kind of shy. You know, I was like, all right, fine, you know, we'll go over there. And uh, we go over to her house, and it's like, uh, we call it the Canterbury area. It's like Canterbury Hill We always refer to the cemetery that's on that hill as Canterbury Cemetery. It was called like Pioneer, I don't know, Pioneer Sunset or something like that, Sunset Pioneer. Growing up, my brother was always like hanging out with the bad kids and running around, you know, kind of a a mean crowd. And uh, occasionally I'd hang out with them, like when I was you 13, 14 years old. And uh, one time we went up to the cemetery and it's all blocked off so that you can't drive up there. You have to like park down the street and walk and I'd never been up there, but I'd always heard about it. You can't see the cemetery from the road or anything. It's all overgrown with trees and everything. But, uh, went up there with my brother and his friends, like they'd, they'd go up and drink beer and all kinds of stuff. And you could tell like people had been partying up there a lot. Cause it was just kind of like a forgotten cemetery. Um, But all the headstones were like covered in ivy and overgrown like bushes, you know, just like a forest floor. But you poke around and you find these headstones and uh, they're all from like 1800s, early 1900s. And, you know, a lot of names on them are like original founders of the area. Like there's a lot of streets all over town that had the same names and uh, just really creepy. You know, it's just you've got this really creepy, like I shouldn't be here kind of feeling up there. But, uh, is you know, later on, I was probably, I think I was 18, 17, 18, when uh, my buddy's dragging me around to this girl's house that was right across the street in this apartment complex from the cemetery. You know, and right off the bat, I'm like, oh man, it's like I've heard stories. Like everything in that area is haunted. Like people in all the apartment complexes, this is just like a huge apartment complex area. There's apartment complexes all around this hill. But the hill itself is still trees. It's all like pine, big trees. Just like a, you know, the, the last little green spot in the middle of this area. And, uh, she's like, oh yeah, you know, the, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that happened here. You know, like, what do you mean? And she starts telling us stories about her ghost. And it was like Casper, the friendly ghost. I think she called him Charlie or something like that. And, you know, we're like, come on. You know, like really, you know, she said like you'll open and close doors and he doesn't like it if you leave doors open. He doesn't like it if you leave like a cabinet open or something. He gets mad. Like he's very particular. He likes the house a certain way. And if, if you don't leave it that way, he'll let you know, but he doesn't do anything like hurtful. He'll like scatter things all over the floor. Like he will knock something over like a plant and spread dirt all over the place. Um, you know, it was one of those, like, like, come on, you know, it was, it was, you're, you're just leading us on here. Like, this doesn't really happen. But at the same time, you know, like the other side of my brain is like, we're right next to Canterbury. Like, this is, this is very possible. And, uh, her mom was dating some guy that lived like in Seattle. And now mind you, we're like right on the outskirts of Portland, Uh, a little suburb of Portland called Tigard. And, you know, it's just your typical like suburban middle-class, you know, there's nothing special. There's really not a lot of crime, no, you know, slums or anything either. But uh, her mom was leaving town like every weekend to go to be with her boyfriend in Seattle. And so she left with the house or the apartment to herself all weekend sometimes it'd be a week at a time you know so it was like all right cool you know this is the place with no no parents no adult supervision like we'd go over there and hang out any chance we had you know being teenagers you know you can't really say no to it and we would go over you know like during the day and uh, there's one one day we go over and we were going to go to the mall none of us had cars or anything so we we're going to catch the local uh, bus, like it's TriMet met you know, just the you know the city bus. And uh, so we go over and uh, get to her apartment. Everything's cool. Her mom would always have a big bowl of fruit out on the, the kitchen counter. There would be like oranges, bananas, apples, all this stuff. We would always snag, you know, a couple oranges or an apple and a banana or something when we got there. And you know, take it on our trip to wherever we're going. Cause it always takes like an hour on the bus to get anywhere. And, uh, so big bowl of fruit. I mean, like this bowl of fruit is, is massive. Like, you know, imagine like, um, you know, it's probably a foot and a half diameter. Okay. Probably at least 10 pounds worth of fruit. You know, and that's when we went over there this one day, it was all oranges, just this whole entire bowl full of oranges. There was probably 20, 30 oranges in this bowl. So me and my buddy both grab an orange and, uh, we're leaving and her mom's out of town. Like I said, there's nobody else there. She's single child. It's just her and her mom. You know, nobody else has access to the apartment, nothing. We leave, we go to the mall, hang out for a few hours. We come back. We all are together the whole time. We walk in the front door and the oranges are, Scattered across the dining room table, like somebody had just picked the bowl up and tossed it, like all the oranges out of it. They're randomly scattered on the table. None of them are on the floor. And this is the table is probably six feet from the counter in the kitchen where the bowl was when we left it. You know, and it was like, there's no way, like, you couldn't, like, nobody could pick that bowl up, dump it on the table, and not have an orange roll off and be on the floor. Like, these oranges looked like they were placed on the table, just scattered across the whole entire table. The bowl was upside down on the floor. So it was like, okay, you know, how, how would you get all the oranges on the table, not have any on the floor, yet the bowl is on the floor, and it's. You know, it's like it was it was like somebody made it look like the bull fell off the counter, but they didn't know how to really do it like it would actually if the bowl were to fall off the counter and the oranges scatter all over the place. Right. It was just super, super weird. You know, it's like, OK. And she's immediately like, oh, it's just Charlie. You know, he plays these games all the time and she starts picking up the oranges and putting them back in the bowl when we're both sitting there like staring at each other like, dude. No, like this wasn't like this when we left, like <laughs> these are our oranges that this guy's messing with, you know? And, uh, it's kind of like, that's kind of weird. That's when you start like, you know, almost like looking over your shoulder, like the whole time we're there and, uh, there'd be a lot of little things. Like, like she said, he doesn't like it when you leave doors open or if you leave a cabinet, open. like if you get a glass of water or something, you leave the, the cabinet open, he will open all of the cabinets in the kitchen to make a point. And I saw it firsthand, like literally standing like with my back to the kitchen. um, I heard a creak and a click of a cabinet. I had just opened, I had turned around and these aren't like the, the automatic closing cabinet doors. These are like old school cheap. You open them and they stay there. I had opened the door. To get it played out or something, and I turned around and I was talking to my buddy, and the door creaked and closed behind me, like literally like three feet behind me. And I turned back around real quick, like did it really just? Yep, it did. And I opened the door back up and stood there and looked at it for like five minutes, like close, you know, do it again, and nothing happened. It's like how did it just do that all by itself when I it wasn't looking? Yeah, I mean
1: that's that's pretty creepy. Um,
0: yeah. And, you know, and every time, you know, she's just like, I'm telling you guys, it's just him. He's cool. You know, he just, he has his ways. He's just a little weird. You know, and if you would leave a, like the, the bathroom door, she's always like, you got to close the bathroom door. Like, if you go in the bathroom, you come out, close it behind you. He doesn't like it when you leave it open. I'm like, okay, whatever. And same thing, like in the bathroom, they had uh, one of those really plush, like thick rugs on the floor, like a real shaggy rugs and the door would drag across it when you opened it. So you'd have to really push the door open and really drag it back across to close it. I accidentally left the door partially open. It was like halfway open. It was like stuck on the rug. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like I had just come out of there. I went into the living room. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make you mad I forgot to close the door. And I immediately went back, and the door was closed. Never heard it close, never nothing. I know I didn't close it. Cause it was just like out of habit, you know, just kind of swing it behind you. And the rug stopped it Right as I was walking out and, you know, it's like, Oh, cool. You know, he closed it for me. Hey, you know, thanks brother. You know, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's how it was over there. It was just like, Oh, you know, this stuff happens. Uh, there was another time we had a few other friends over and we were all sitting around the living room and there was probably six or seven of us just sitting around. Um, there was a lamp on in one corner. It was like one of those pull chain lamps. You got to pull the chain that clicks. And, uh, we had the TV on and we weren't really watching TV. We we're joking around, talking to each other, you know, making a plan for what we we're going to do that evening and everything. And we we're going to like go to the movies or something. And the TV turns off. It's like, all right, you know, no big deal. You know, it's whatever that it, it happens. You know, TVs have a little sleep mode or whatever, you know, and she's like, oh, come on, stop messing with us. And she hits the button to turn it on and it won't turn on. And we're like, yes, yeah, you know, it happens. So, you know, maybe the battery's in the remote or something, you know, and it's like, no, take the batteries out, put new ones in, hit the button, still won't turn on. Hit the button that's the power button on the TV, TV won't turn on. Nobody's thinking ghost or, you know, poltergeist or anything like that and, Then all of a sudden the TV turns on on its own. Like after like five minutes of messing around, trying to get the TV to turn on TV turns on by itself and everybody's like, okay, like that's weird. Like it finally, they must've just finally got the signal from the remote or something. Everybody's kind of brushes it off. A Few minutes after that, we're still hanging out, talking. You hear the lamp click. That's in the corner. Like you hear, it's one of those like ball chains, you know, like you have little connectors, and like put them on your key rings and stuff. Right. It's one of those little pull chains. You hear it go click, click, click as those those individual little balls pull over the edge of the the mechanism. It's like click, 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 snap, and the light turns off, and we're all sitting in the dark. Like, what was that? And nobody's even near the lamp. Like. This, there's nobody there, nobody's even acknowledging the lamp before this happened. And uh, she makes this comment. Just, she's like, oh, come on, Charlie, stop it. You know, Turn the light back on. And you hear another click. The light comes back on like a second later, and we're done at this point. We're like, nope. Wow. We're out. Well, we all left. And it was like, there was no other way to explain it. Like, she didn't have any kind of like, you know, a remote switch for it or anything. It was just an old lamp plugged into the wall. There was no like clapper or anything else like that. Like you heard the chain drag and click. That freaked me out. I was like, I'm done. Like you can have it. It's all true. All the stories that I've heard about that area, it's all real now. You know, it's like, it makes sense. And, uh, uh, shortly after that, we, we stopped going over there. But that was like, I don't know, I've never, like, I've had the, the whole thing growing up. Like, you hear noises, you hear all this stuff. Um, But that was, like, the realization. Like, there was no joke. Like, that that happened. Like, right in front of all of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that was the defining moment for for you guys. Now, you not going over there was strictly because of what was happening,
0: right? It was freaking us out yeah it was like why don't you come over you know why don't we just meet at like the library or we'll meet at the store or something you know it's like and she's always trying to convince us you know she's like no he's really friendly you know blah 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 and it's like you don't think this is weird like you have a relationship essentially with a ghost and you're cool with it like you guys coexist in a house like a a roommate you know it's like that's not normal I, I, w- I couldn't live there. I couldn't. I, that's why I, I was like, no, nah, dude, you're good. Like, it's your girl. You go over. I'm gonna chill here. Like, I don't need to go with you. I don't need to hold your hand. You go over there on your own if you want."
1: Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, it, it is weird because uh, essentially she she does have some kind of relationship with a ghost. And when you when you put it that way, it's like, uh, I I don't know about that. I, I I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with that either. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. uh, I mean, but it's like. By then you like you start looking into it and it's like, you know, like we've heard all these stories about how like you know, they follow you, like if you move, they'll go to your new house or whatever it is. Like sometimes they get attached to people and they just never go away. You know, and it's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't need him getting attached to me. I'm I'm good. I don't need a buddy, you know?
1: Yeah. When you're in this house, comparing it to the house you grew up in with the activity you had in that house. Uh, What was the defining difference for you to creep you out in her house, but not, I mean, I'm assuming you were creeped out in your house too, but you, you lived there. So you, you managed with it. So like, what was the difference do you think?
0: It was just a different, you know, it was like the, you just hear noises. Like there was no way to prove it at my house. You know, it was like, you know, everything could be kind of explained off, you know, like I was, you know, the, the house settling kind of thing. Um, I totally forgot. There's a whole nother segment to that. Um, the house that I grew up in, go for it. Uh, that kind of like winds it up, winds the whole thing up. Uh, no, there was definitely a part, a point where it was like a realization. Like this is real. This is actually happening like right in front of your face. Um, so I was dating this girl, uh, and she would come over occasionally. We hang out, whatever. And, and this was about the same time that my brother was do in the bathroom. Um, I would see things out of the corner of my eye That was one of the other things, like you hear things, you think you saw something like movement, you know, just, just like a shadow or something out of the corner of your eye. And it's like ah, You know, I don't know if I really saw that, you know, kind of brush it off. Couldn't prove it. I couldn't make it happen. You know, if I sit there and, you know, really stare at it or something, you know, like look, to see where it was. There was nothing, there was no more movement or anything. And I had brought it up to my dad, You know, like, you ever see, like, a shadow out of the corner of your eye? then he got me going on the whole shadow people thing. I'm like, I don't need that. I already freaked out enough about all the noises that I hear in that house anyways. I don't need to be looking at this whole other thing. And uh, so I just kind of blew it off. Um, So one night I'm laying in bed in that same back bedroom. And uh, I hear, or I don't hear, I've got the TV on. And then my bedroom door is open and where I'm laying like in bed, it's like up against the wall and the, the far wall from where the TV and the door, the TV and the door are opposite end of that wall. So if I'm looking off to the left at the corner of the room, there's the TV. The door is to the right at, on that same wall in the other corner. And you, the, all the lights off in the bedroom is dark. There's light coming in from the living room kind of casting a little bit of light down the hallway so that I can see through the doorway. And out of the corner of my eye, I think I see something in the doorway, like movement. And I was like, that's weird. I'd see this, like this movement all the time. Like every time, like at night, if I'm laying in bed, watching TV, I'd see something out of the corner of my eye, you know, and it's like, I, you know, same thing. You just kind of brush it off. It's whatever. And uh, so I was talking to my dad about the whole shadow people thing. And he's like, well, if you look at the door, nothing happens, right? I'm like, yeah. Because like, I will try looking halfway between the TV and the door so you get a better look, but it's not so far off in your peripheral that you can't see it. I'm like, all right, I'll try that next time I, I think I see something. And so the next time I, I think I see something, I'm looking, I, I start staring just at the wall, like staring hard, but really trying to focus on what's in the peripheral vision at the doorway. And it only took about 10 seconds before I saw a figure slide into the doorway. And it was like just a silhouette. It was almost the best way I could describe it would be like tinted glass. Like I could see through it, but there was definitely a shape there. And it was like the side of a person, you know, like if somebody was standing off the side of the doorway and they leaned in to look in the room, I could see shoulder. I could see the neck. I could see the whole head and a clear spot in the tent where the eyes were. And it was sure it was there. And if you stared at that same spot on the wall, you just stared at it, you would see this figure move into the doorway, like real slow, it just creep in the doorway. It's it would hang out for about five, ten seconds, and then it would slowly move out of the doorway. And if you stared at the wall long enough, you could watch it go back and forth. It would come into the doorway if you turn your eyes and look real quick, it's gone. There's nothing there. There's no shadow, anything there. And I was like, okay, there's definitely something there. Like, there might be more to this. So I have my girlfriend over. We're laying in bed. Same scenario. TV's on. Bedroom door's open. And I see movement out of, my, out of the corner of my eye again. I'm like, oh, great. You know, here, here we are again. And so I'm staring halfway between. She's got her back to me. She's like laying in front of me. We're watching the movie or something. She doesn't see what I'm looking at. And I see that the same thing. The movement he moves into the doorway and moves out of the doorway, moves into the doorway, moves out of the doorway. And about the second time that he does that, she turns to me and she goes, "Can we close the bedroom door?" And I was like, "Well, why? What, you know, what's up?" And she's like, "I would just be more comfortable." if the bedroom door was closed, can we please close it. And she sounded kind of irritated. And I was like, did you see something? And she flips out and she's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like I saw something that like, you saw it too. And I'm like, I started laughing because you know, it's again, it's like, I don't know if it was my eyes playing tricks on me. I don't know, you know, whatever it was, but she saw the exact same thing at the exact same time that I saw. It, it was like the second person that, you know, to verify that she's seeing what I'm seeing. And that I just thought, I don't know. I kind of laughed, but it was more of like a, oh man, this is real. Like there's actually something that's peeking into my doorway. That's kind of freaky. So I got up, closed the door, you know, and she's like freaked out at that point. Like she, I I had to convince her to come back over to my house the next time. You know, she was like, I don't know. There's something going on in that house. Like I don't feel right. Like there's something weird. And she was always talking about how she's more connected. Like her, Her family is is like, you know, like into Wiccan and all this stuff. And she's like more sensitive to spirits. And she's like, we need to do a cleanse on your house. Like, I'm not going to come over until we cleanse your house. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. She's like, I'll take care of it. I'll bring crystals over and all this, you know, smudge the house. And I'm like, I don't, whatever you need to do to feel comfortable. I don't, I don't care. Before she did anything, she said that she could feel two different spirits in the house. She said that the one that was in the doorway like at that time she felt was like a younger spirit but from a long time ago. It wasn't like a recent spirit. So it was like somebody who was closer to our age, you know, late teens, early 20s, but not from our time, like from a 100 years ago. I don't know what any of it meant. I don't dabble in any of that stuff, but she said that that's the feeling that she got. That was the impression that she got. And she said, there's another spirit in the house that's not friendly. Like that one's friendly. And there's another one that's not friendly, but they don't show themselves as much. They try to kind of hide in the corners. And it's like, well, maybe that's what I'm hearing in the attic, walking back and forth. And uh, she said, it's an older spirit. And, you know, like, sixties or seventies, you know? And it's like, you know, she's like, well, has anybody died in this house? It's like, I don't know. Like, the house was built in like 66. My parents bought the house in like 75, you know, so it's not a lot of time to go by. And nobody in our family had died in the house. You know, it was like, there's no reason. I like, started thinking like, okay, well maybe there was like, you know, it was built on an Indian gravesite or something. Like, I don't know. And, uh, shortly after this, I'm, I always have a habit of standing when I watch TV, uh, even to this day, I, I always do it. I, I don't like to sit down. I can like stand for some reason. I'm standing in the middle of my bedroom watching TV this is the middle of the day. Lights are on. You know, it's just like, I'm, I got a few minutes. I was catching up on a show real quick and I feel like a ice cold hand is placed on the back of my neck. Like somebody literally walked up and just like, like they would pat you on the back. They slapped their hand on the back of my neck and I froze. You know, it was was pressure. Like it wasn't like a cold breeze. It was like somebody just had their hand in the freezer and then they took it out and walked over and slapped on the back of my neck. Like it was pressure. It was cold. I could feel it. Like I could feel the fingers on the back of my neck. I'm standing there frozen. Like, okay. Like I, never, I don't know what to do here. And, uh, I just kind of like, you know, at the same time, i like kind of chuckle. Because it's kind of scary, but that's, you know, that kind of laugh off scary moments. And I, I'm like, all right, we need to have a talk. I'm talking to it. I, out loud. Said, so, this is my room. This is my space. This is my area. So you have the whole entire rest of the house that you can creep around in. You're welcome to do whatever you want. But that door right there, that's mine from there here. It's mine, not yours. You know, we can share this house. You have the rest of it, but this is my area. And right after I said that, the feeling went away like quick, like somebody just took their hand off of my neck. And, uh, from then on, I never had my bedroom door open. If I was at that house, it was doors closed. And I never had any problems after that. There was no more like, seeing things out of the corner of my eye. There was no more creepy feeling. There was no nothing. Like, it was gone. So I don't know.
1: Wow. So, I mean, throughout your experiences in the house, I mean, did you ever get a feeling that there was, like, a negative entity in the house? I mean, the, the cold feeling on the back of your neck, I, I, for me, that would be a negative experience. But other than that, have you ever had a negative vibe with your experiences
0: no no and even that cold feeling like it was like the best way i could describe it is like when you're a kid you know and and you know your dad your grandpa comes up and you know it's like hey kid and they grab the back of your neck you know like how you doing that's what it felt like that was the impression it was like it was like a friendly like hey how are we doing today you know but it it was an ice cold hand
1: Gotcha. Because I mean, when when you were describing it at first, I I had more of an impression of like somebody, like like an adult coming up to a kid, grabbing them by the back ne- back of the neck and saying, "Come over here because I need to talk to you" or something like that. You know, it kind of more of a, an authoritative grab. But that's not the way you felt it.
0: No, this was like you know, like like a buddy. You know, it was like gotcha. It was, it was almost like I felt like I had opened. Uh, like a, a connection, like a, a line of communication when I saw it in the doorway and I didn't look away, you know? And it was like, from like that feeling, like I got this, you know, impression, like, you know, like it's kind of hanging out. It's shy. doesn't want to come right out and introduce himself. But, you know, like I looked over there and it saw me seeing it, you know, and it's like, okay, well I, I can come out and talk to him now, you know? And that was kind of like the feeling, like when I felt that it was like a friendly you know, like, now that we're bros, gotcha. you know, and I was like, oh, ah, yeah. no, we're not. Like, this is my area. Like, you are not allowed here. And it went away. It's immediately.
1: You're a big meanie, you know that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, man, I'll tell you, like, that. that's just some experiences. I, uh When you're talking about, you know, seeing something out of the corner of your eye and then your girlfriend seeing it, like, that, man... That's trippy, man. That's trippy. But at least it's you know validation for you that you weren't going crazy. You actually did see something, and it, the fact that she saw it too at the same time, uh, I, I I can imagine that must have been you know a relief for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was hilarious. I jumped out of bed and I'm like, "What did you see? Like, tell me, describe it to me." And she's like, "Black silhouette. I can see its like shape of its shoulder and its head." I'm like, "That's the same thing that I saw." this is crazy. Like, it's really there. Wow. Well,
1: before we moved into my house that I'm in now, uh, Lindsay, my wife, and I, we lived in an apartment uh, a few towns over. And I remember, and we were on the third floor of this apartment. It was, you know, an apartment complex. It wasn't a house or anything like that. It was just an apartment building. We are on the third floor, and I would be sitting in my chair in the living room watching TV, and out of the corner of my eye, consistently... Almost every day I could see – some, some it, the best way I could describe it is a shadow walking across the hall from our, from our bedroom into the bathroom. And it was just like out of the yeah. corner of my eye, and I would see the reflection in the, the pictures in the hallway. That's how I would see it. And I, I'm telling you, man, like I tried so hard so many times to just snap my head as fast as possible to catch it, or I would just stare at the picture. Like I, I sometimes I pretend yeah. I'm watching TV. I would just stare at the picture waiting for that shadow and I would never see it. It was only when I was watching TV, I would see it out of the corner of my eye and it was with my glasses on and my glasses off. So I know it wasn't like some kind of reflection from the TV on my glasses or anything like that. Uh, but it, it, that, that can be kind of sometimes disconcerting when you, when you see these shadows out of the corner of your eye, but you can never really actually see it.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, my, so my dad listened to, um, Art Bell right he was a big Art Bell fan you know so growing up like I was always listening you know he anytime we were in the car he's like he's got Art Bell on and he just started hear these crazy ghost and alien stories and all this stuff and that's kind of where I you know it was like if something weird was going on like I would ask him about it like what do you what do you know about this you know and that's where he was telling me he was like don't look straight at the door but look just off to the side of the door you know see what see what happens you know and I came back I told him I'm like yeah there's something there. Um, kind of a side story to that, um, my dad, he passed away in 2009, but, uh, prior he was telling me, uh, that he heard in a story about like how to do a meditation to have an out of body experience. And he came to me initially and he said, don't ever do it. And this was just, I mean, used to had a show, uh, I, just recent one I listened to, that somebody was talking about this. But he said that he did this exercise, he's laying in bed, and uh, he's like breathing, and he's like you concentrate on letting all your limbs just kind of go completely relaxed. And he said you feel like your toes go relaxed, and you work your way up. So your whole entire body is kind of numb. Like you don't feel anything. And uh, he's like, then in your vision, like with your eyes closed, He said, you know, you focus on, you know, in your vision with your eyes closed, you've got white spots kind of floating around and there's dark spots. And he said, you find one of those dark spots and you bring it to you, focus on it as hard as you can. You bring it to you. So he said that he did this and brought this essentially this like black window over him. And he sat up in bed, sat up through the window. So imagine if like a window's laying flat. He sat up and he's through the window, but he could look back down and see his, himself still laying there in bed. And he said that he got the most intense feeling of evil that he's ever experienced. He said like, like anything that you can imagine it was evil times 10. And he said it was just this gut wrenching feeling like the devil himself was standing right over your shoulder. And he immediately pulled himself out of it. And as he came to me, he's like shaking and he's like, Don't ever do that. Don't mess with Ouija boards. Don't ever do these crazy things. Don't get involved with it. That always freaked me out. It's like, I don't know what that is, but that's again, that's one of those things that I heard somebody, I think I've heard more than a couple people that have talked about the same thing the whole out of body experience thing. It sounded exactly like what my dad had.
1: Yeah, I, with the whole out-of-body experience, I've heard, you know, different scenarios. You know, I, I talked to a guy who did it once. He went back for more, and after we were done doing the interview, he said that he was uh, planning on making it a common practice of his to, to you know, pursue these experiences. And uh, for me personally, that's just something I don't mess with. I'm, I'm not going there. Nah. Uh, but, no. I, I you know, I wonder... I, for him, like so, for this is a good example. Your dad's experience and this guy's experience, two different experiences. Like this guy feels like it's a positive thing; he feels good with doing. It. Your dad is the exact opposite. Uh, I I wonder what the difference is, though, in experiences. You know, like somebody who could have a negative experience to the positive experience. I was fascinated with you know what the difference is there.
0: I don't know. I, I don't. I... I chalked it up to, you know, growing up, my dad was always, you know, very, very strict. Uh, we weren't allowed to do a whole lot of things, like had a lot of rules that we had to follow. And then as we got older, we found out, like, my dad was a hellraiser when he was a kid. Like, he he'd get, he get was hard on us because he knew exactly what we were capable of and what kids would do. And uh, just hearing all kinds of stories, like, maybe it's his demons coming after him. Like, I don't know. Like that's maybe that's what he's got waiting on the other side, and all the stuff that he did, you know, growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows exactly? Right? Who knows? Uh, It's very interesting to hear people's stories, though, with with that stuff. Uh, I don't ever plan on having those experiences willingly, at least. Uh, But hopefully. I don't ever accidentally experience it or anything like that because that's just, for me, it's just a, a no go zone. So, uh, you told me that you had some, I guess, interesting camping experiences, right?
0: Yeah. Would you want to go into um, that? Yeah. Yeah. If you, you got time.
1: Oh yeah. I got time, man. No time cap. No time. Uh,
0: So we would go, uh, we ride dirt bikes and quads. Um, during this time we were camping almost every weekend. It was, it was our thing. Like we lived in the woods in the desert, like that was it. Like we were loading up the bikes Friday after work. We weren't coming home till Sunday night, every weekend. And, uh, we were planning a big family outing where instead of it just being like me and the girlfriend, we were going to bring out the parents and, you know, brothers, sisters, you know, everybody making it a big deal as for a Memorial weekend. I want to say this was like 2010. Um, I know my daughter, my daughter was there with us. She was, but she was only maybe two or three years old at the time. Um, but we were tent camping, you know, so at night you hear everything. You, know, it's, you hear every cricket, you know, every squirrel running around, everything. And uh, this was the, we were there for five days. So we got out there like, Wednesday night and we weren't planning on leaving until, um, probably Tuesday, the following Tuesday, cause everybody else had to go home. So I was, we were the only ones that didn't have to work on Monday. And so we were going to stay through Monday and everybody else that was there was going to leave Sunday. And, uh, so we were going to be the only ones at this campsite We're now this is, uh, Oregon and, uh, This is high desert Oregon. It's called China Hat. Is the the area? Um, It's a huge off road place. It's all dirt bikes, four wheelers, um, rock crawling. You know everything you can imagine. It's you know off highway vehicles. Um, Huge area. Um, You know you can ride on a dirt bike all day long and never see the same trail twice. Um, And this is probably. Uh, if you're familiar with Oregon, uh, we're about forty miles east of Bend uh, in the central Oregon area. It's all flat desert there's some volcanic areas, a little bit of trees and stuff uh, the 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 wooded areas there are very sparse so it's it's not like the the typical like you know like sasquatch kind of woods where like we have we call it the rainforest on the, the west coast where it's The woods are so dense you can't see you know more than twenty feet through them. Right. In this area, you could see a half a mile through the trees. There, there's trees, but they're so spaced apart and they're so little branches or foliage on them. You know, you could see a good distance. You could hear a good distance. And uh, so we're camped out. Everybody's in tents. Uh, It's middle of the night. I'm asleep. We're all asleep. And uh, I was probably, you know, midnight, one o'clock. It's just, you know, it's pitch black out there. I mean, it it is, you're, we're so far from any city lights. I mean, there's nothing, there's a million stars in the sky and there's nothing. There's the nearest other campers were probably two miles from us. And we, we like to do very, you know, out in the middle of nowhere kind of camping. There's no campground or anything like that there. And, uh, middle of the night. My girlfriend's waking me up. She's like shaking me. She's like, you know, do you hear that? I'm like, what are you talking about? Hear what? You know, why are you waking me up? And once I came to my senses, like I could hear this really loud metal screeching sound, like coming towards us. Like you could hear it's way off in the distance, but it was getting louder. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird because there's no railroads or pavement or anything out there. No, you know, it's it's volcanic ash dirt. It's like red dirt, you know, and, and it's like ground up pumice, you know? So it, it, the, the dirt is real light and fluffy. The ground everywhere out there is real fluffy. So even like driving a car across it, like the tires hard to make any noise. Like not like you would be driving on gravel. It's like driving on sand. And, uh, this really loud screeching sound just keeps getting louder and louder. Like it's coming towards us, you know? And it's like, oh that's really weird. Like it's really loud. Like, to the point, like, it's annoying. Like, it's it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Loud. Annoying. Like, right there. And it passes us. Like, where we're at, our campsite, is probably about three, 400 feet from the, the logging road or the forestry road. And you can see the road through the trees. Um, if there's a, a vehicle or anything going through there, like, the trees are so thin. Like, the headlights of the vehicle would light up that you could see them in our campsite. Like you could see it through the tent if a vehicle's going by. Not to mention, you'd be able to hear it very well too, any kind of vehicle. It's still pitch black. There's no visible anything. And the sound goes by, it sounds like it's on the road. That's like how far away, it sounds like it's probably three or 400 feet away from us, but it's up in the air. Like it sounds like it's over the treetops. And you can hear it echoing off all the we call them buttes out there. They're very small hills, Um, you know, maybe five, six hundred foot hills, little tiny miniature mountains. And we're in the valley. We're in between two sections of buttes, and you could hear it echoing back and forth, like it was that loud. Like it was high up enough that it was the sound wasn't being muffled by the trees and you could hear it echoing across the whole entire valley. And it gets past us and we're both like, what the heck could that possibly be? You know, it's like, there's no way that, you know, like everybody's probably awake. Like we're thinking like, this is crazy. Like this sounds like, it sounds like we're listening to a a freight line, you know, like a train or something. Like the best way I can describe it is is a train. Like if you're sitting at a railroad track crossing, and you had all the windows down in the car, and you're the first one in line, so you're super close to the train. And a freight train goes by, and one of the cars of the train, all of the wheels are locked up, and the rest of the train is just dragging that one car. That metal on metal, super heavy, loud, grinding, screeching sound is what it sounded like, and it sounded like we were that close, like it was there, like it was, like you wanted to plug your ears. It was so loud. It goes by shortly after it passes by us, like you start hearing it go off into the distance, all of a sudden it just stops. Dead stop. Like it didn't trail off and then kind of go off into the distance. Like it started to trail off. I could tell it was passing by us. And then it just shut off, like somebody hit a switch. To to the point where the noise stopped, but you could still hear the echo coming back from the valley. And we're sitting there in total silence now, like, what is that? Yeah. It's like all these things are playing through my head. Like, well, maybe it's somebody's toy hauler. Like maybe they got a big camper or something and the brakes locked up on it. And it's like, but even then, like it wouldn't be that loud. You know, we'd be able to see their headlights. It's one o'clock in the morning. Why is somebody driving through here with a toy hauler? Like maybe they had a family emergency, like trying to play out all these scenarios. And, uh, Right after this, like we're we're both talking it out, like you know, what if it was this? You know, maybe it's this, and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's a UFO crash. You know, it's like I'm thinking like maybe it's a a plane that was having engine problems, and the engine was like trying to seize. Like that's what it sounded like. It was just a super heavy metal on metal screech, you know. But it's like we would have heard like a thud. You know, or a bang, or something like a plane crash, like something. So there's nothing. It just it was there, and then it wasn't there. And uh, so after like a couple of minutes of talking about this, like after the sound stopped, we hear this really weird, like animal call, like coming from the same direction that the sound stopped. My girlfriend starts freaking out. She's like, no. This so she's the same one that uh experienced all the stuff at the house with me. Um and she's like, No, we're not having this. Like that's just like it's gotta be an alien, it's gotta be an alien. I'm like, it's not an alien. You know, it's like I don't know how aliens talk, but I don't think they sound like that. And yeah, I mean but that's it sounded like a deer or something. Like it was this weird um it goes, ear but it had this like gurgle to it. It was every time it would near. and it was off in the distance. And then, you know, after we heard that go a couple times, we hear one that's right next to our campsite reply. And, uh, that's when we're both like, okay, like what is going on? I'm telling her, don't worry about it. It's just a deer. You know, I'm trying to calm her down and at the same time. I'm like, I, I don't know what that sound is. I don't hunt, but I'm out in the woods all the time. I think it's gotta be a deer. There's tons of deer out there. There's cougar. There's all kinds of stuff. It's got to be an animal. It's got to be a bird or something. And they they call back and forth. And you could hear the one in the distance. Every time it would call, it was a little bit closer, a little bit clearer. The one that was nearest to us, it was right by our camp, never left. It never moved. Then eventually, the, the further one away stopped replying, and the one that was closest to us would reply and then it was quiet. You know, and then it would call out again and then it'd be quiet. And it did that a few times until it called out and it sounded like somebody grabbed this thing by the throat and choked it out. And the 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 call it went, ear, and then the, the next call it goes ear. And I'm like, okay. Like I don't like the sound of that. Um, I don't know what that was, but I don't want to find out. And we kind of laid there, didn't hear any more noises. There weren't even, you know, there were no crickets. There were no frogs. There were no nothing um, at that point on. And I'm thinking, so now we're, we're like still playing things out. I'm like, okay, so UFO, some aliens are cruising through. They're having some engine problems or something. They landed and now they're on their way towards us and that was them taking out a deer or something on their way. You know, it's like, I don't know how else to explain it, uh, but that sounded like the best scenario at the time. And so we pretty much didn't sleep the rest of the night, never heard any more noises. Uh, as soon as it was daylight, uh, I jumped up, you know, and we were asking everybody else that was there, you know, like, oh, do you believe that sound? And nobody heard it. Nobody else heard any of it. And we were the only two. It didn't wake up the kids. It uh, didn't wake up anybody else. Like was, you know, It was definitely there. It was definitely loud. And uh, so I jumped on my bike. I was going to go down. Do like, if it was somebody that was broke down, if a trailer broke down or something, a lot of times people would just leave the trailer like if they had a flat tire. They would just leave the trailer, drive the 40 miles back into town, And get the tire taken care of, then come back, pick up the trailer, and be on their way. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go down to the road. I'm going to see at least drag marks in the the soft dirt. You know, there's going to be something. Or I'm going to see a trailer or a a motorhome or something on the side of the road. We never heard any more noise. Like, if there would have been a tow truck that came, we would have heard it. We would have heard anything. And it was dead silent the rest of the night. Like, that sound came by us. It stopped. And it was dead silent after those calls back and forth that we heard. So I go down there. There's no tire tracks on the road. Like it was just flat, from just you know driving over it, it flattens the dirt out. But if you drag your foot across it, uh, it goes from a very light red to a very deep blood red. Like it's the, the moisture underneath. It's desert floor. It's real weird, but it's pretty cool. So you'd tell if there was something. If somebody was driving with a flat tire or if they're dragging a trailer, it would have been very evident. There was nothing. I rode up the road on my bike probably two, three miles back in both directions, and there was nothing. There was no sign of anybody having trouble. Um, there was no spot on the road where you could tell, like, if somebody was out walking around. Because even if you just walk on the road, it leaves definite footprints everywhere. And there was nothing. There was just regular tire tracks from the traffic that goes in and out of there. And there was no signs of any distress or broken-down vehicle or a trailer or anything. There was no nothing. It's like, whatever that noise was vanished. It disappeared. Um, we decided that we were going to pack up and leave with everybody else that day. We weren't going to stay the duration that we planned. Um, just because that whole thing freaked us out. We come back into town and I look up, you know, I'm like, you know, trying to put myself at ease. I'm like, all right, I'll go. I'll show her, you know, we'll, We'll look up, you know, UFO reports. If I try to find a list of UFO reports and, uh, you know, prove that it wasn't a UFO. Was a, nobody will report anything in that area. And I found, I don't even know what website it was because it was years and years ago. But there were like four reports from like a week before we were out there from that same area of hearing things in the sky and seeing things in the sky that were unexplainable. And it was like, uh, maybe we're going to check this website before we go out there again, you know.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Now when you, when you're hearing this sound, okay, so you hear some kind of machine and then you hear these, these calls. Do you think that they were, they were, there was something trying to lure out a deer? Do you think that's, that's what that whole calling thing was? And the last man standing was the actual deer. And that's the one that kind of got the, you know, for lack of better words, neck snapped.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was like so the, the deer in the area, are, they're mule deer. Um, they're, they're kind of smaller deer, deer. Uh, okay. but they, I, I know deer make all kinds of noises and, and stuff. And, and I've heard similar calls from deer. And that was the first thing I thought was when it, when I heard that sound, it's like, that's gotta be a mule deer. And, uh, the one that we heard next to us, like you would have heard footsteps. Like you would have heard crunching in the sticks on the ground or something, pine cones of something walking around our camp. But this thing was literally like, it sounded like it was 20 feet from our tent. And you know, it's it, the one off in the distance sounded exactly like it. Like if, if it was somebody that was mimicking it or calling it out, it, they were doing a really good job. They knew what they were doing. I just, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like the only thing I could picture was like. At first, it was like, oh, they're 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 calling out, they're trying to communicate, and then I heard the one next to it. You know, that was before we heard the one right next to our camp. You know, it was like, well, maybe maybe it's just two deer. You know, and then the one stopped making noise, the further one away, and then the one that was right next to us all of a sudden got choked out. You know, we didn't have any weapons, we didn't have any nothing. We're in a tent. You know, you could blow on a tent and break through it. And we're like frozen, like, um, what do we do now? You know, it's like, we're, we're just sitting here. We're, we're a meal just waiting to happen. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's still to this day, like I've asked a lot of people about it. There are people from that area, you know, if they've heard anything like that, like nobody, nobody's been able to confirm it. Nobody, nobody's heard anything. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of stories, a lot of sightings. Like people see lights out there that they can't explain. Um, But I've never seen any of that. I mean, we, like I said, we were out in the woods every weekend and never saw anything, never heard anything until that that time. And I've never, I've heard other people since then, like on shows. I don't know if it was your show. I remember somebody was talking about it. And I know Wes has talked about it on his show, just sounds in the sky, but he just like touched on it. It was like half an episode, but it was like, you know, like that's kind of what I heard, but like nobody's been able to like, you know, really back it up, you know, have any kind of explanation of what it was, you know, if it was a, if it was a car, if it was a plane, you know, anything like it literally sounded like, a giant like a freight train and there's no railroad tracks anywhere near there. There's nothing. It's it's desert. It's high desert. There's a lonely little highway that runs like 200 miles to the next state over and that's it. Like the, there's nothing. No no explanation whatsoever for what would be making a noise like that up in the air.
1: So all right, you you mentioned Wes and you you mentioned him earlier in the uh pre-interview here and uh-huh. My my question is what are your thoughts on the possibility of any kind of Bigfoot activity being tied into this uh you, the fact that you listen to Sasquatch Chronicles I'm, I'm assuming you at least give the stories some merit as to uh the possibility of Sasquatch being real uh I believe it's real and so you you've heard people's accounts of these things do you, do you think there's any possible yeah. way that maybe maybe this was I don't know uh, Sasquatch activity calling in deer, mimicking deer because we hear that you know they do the they can actually mimic sounds and even mimic names and things like that. So, I mean, do you think it's possible that they they were calling in a deer and you just kind of heard the whole thing unfold right there before you? But it wouldn't explain the the metallic sound unless you give the the mer- the idea merit that Sasquatch is alien. You know, because I've heard that too. Right. So, what are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I you know that. I love his show. Uh, I I listen to it, you know, every episode that comes out. Um, I'm fascinated by the Bigfoot subject, but I've never personally seen one or experienced one. Um, I think it'd be really cool to someday, but you know, it's kind of, I'm a believer, I guess you could say like, I, there's, there's gotta be something to everybody. You know, you can't have so many people with so many similar stories and something not be there. You know, you can't have that many people that are so emotional about these things that happen to them and it not be real. You know, there's some, there's some people are experiencing something out there. If it's not Bigfoot, I don't know what it is, but as for this, I don't think so. I don't think, you know, I don't buy the whole, you know, UFOs dropping off Bigfoot thing. It's just, you know, let's, let's focus on one mysterious thing before we try to put them all in the same car. But, uh, I don't know. I, it's, you know, that's the other thing is, is that area, there's, there are a lot of stories Just say a lot. There are a few stories from that same area uh, where we can't of encounters Sasquatch encounters um, and violent ones. I I, was just, I heard one that uh, this guy was walking down a trail, going to see his buddies. They're having like a bonfire out in the middle of the, the woods there. And like, one stepped out on the trail behind him and basically escorted him back out of the area, like followed him, like walking down the trail behind him. And, uh, it was from like the fifties or sixties. It was like passed down to his kids. His, 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 I think it was his son that was telling the story. But, uh, you know, I'm always on the lookout, you know, I'm always listening, always looking for sign, but no, I don't, I don't see any connection there. There would have been, you know, anything else like, you know, we would have heard whoops or, or something, you know, so there had to be something else, but this was just a weird call. This weird animal call that ended and there was no more noise. There was no, there wasn't even any like thrashing around. Like you'd expect, like if you, you know, say you have the ability to kill a deer with your bare hands, you would at least make some sort of noise. I mean, these, this area, the ground where the, the surrounds the camp area, the, the, Anything that's not a trail, you cannot not make noise. Um, it is a bed of very very dry leaves, pine cones, sticks. You know, it's there's no there's no cushion off of the main thoroughfares. It's it's a it's a noisy area if you were to walk around. You would be able to hear somebody a hundred yards away trying to tiptoe through the foliage. And there was nothing. There was no, like, where we heard that sound, there was nothing else. Like, you, you didn't even hear a deer walking around. Like, I figured you'd hear a deer. There was nothing. We just heard the noise. So,
1: this experience that you had, do you, now you've mentioned, you know, you've hinted at the idea of UFO or whatever. I mean, is that where mm-hmm. you fall with this? Or Do you feel like this is was some kind of experience that you had where you had an experience with a UFO and possible alien activity or do you really not go there and you just chalk it up as just a strange animal sound?
0: Well, the, as for the calls the that I, you know, I mean, so I, I have a hard time, you know, it's like the whole ghost thing, you know, it's like, Oh, come on. Like I know what I heard, but come on, you know, that's not supposed to really be there. So it's, it's like, I have a hard time believing myself kind of thing, you know, it's like convincing myself that's what I just heard. You know, and it's like, I don't know. I'm still convinced that it had to be a deer. There's something that I've never heard before. You know, some, some animal or something, at least. As for the crazy metal sound, I, I'm at a complete loss for that. I mean, the the only thing, like, I just keep going back to, you know, it's like, maybe it was a UFO. Like, you know, that there, there was no planes. Like, there was, you know, you, you would hear, like, a plane, like, a propeller engine kind of thing. Like, there was none of that. Like, this was really slow moving. It was like, maybe it was a blimp because it was moving like as fast as a blimp would move. Like it was just creeping across the area. And then it just go absolutely silent. Like no crash, no thud, no bang. Don't hear people like getting out of their car, closing car doors, you know, checking under the hood. You don't hear anything. Like it's just quiet. That's just just, where, you know, well, Maybe it wasn't a plane. Maybe it wasn't a blimp. Maybe, maybe it was something else. Something that I can't explain.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least you can chalk it up as it was a weird experience all the way around. I mean, bottom line is it's, what you just described is it was
0: weird. It was freaky, man. Like I said, we, we didn't go back. It was, we, uh, we, at that point we said we weren't coming back until we had gun, at least something to protect ourselves. And, uh, I I swore off tent camping at that point, too. I was like, nope, we're going to get ourselves a nice little trailer, get some protection, and then we'll come back out here. You know, and I've been out there several times since then and never heard or seen anything again. You know, there was never, I've never heard, I'm always paranoid now, you know, going out there. It's like, there was this one time I came out here, like, you guys aren't going to believe this, but I heard something. You know, it's never, I've never heard it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I I really feel like the majority, not all, but the majority of people's experiences are very much at random. It's very hard to predict when these kind of things are going to happen unless you live on a property that has consistent activity like whether it's Sasquatch UFO or whatever. Like if you live on a property, you can kind of like learn the times of day and all that stuff, but like other than that, like when if you're going out camping and stuff, I mean, it seems to me like this is a lot of just stuff at random and it very well might be the first and last time you ever experienced anything weird like that, you know?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't mind it, you know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't go out looking for that kind of stuff and for, you know, that sound in the middle of the night when it's pitch black outside. And I mean pitch black. Like you can't see your hand in front of your face, but you hear all this noise around you. It's like... I don't like the feeling of something be able to see me, but I can't see it. You know? So it's like, I want to go out looking. I always talk, you know, my, I talk to my daughter about it all the time. I'm like, Hey, you want to go, go Sasquatch hunting? You know, it's like, we live in, in battleground Washington, which if you're familiar with, with Wes's story, um, where he had him and his brother had their experience is literally 15 minutes from me. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, so we're right at the foot of of Bigfoot country, you know? And, I mean, there was, there's reports right, like, recently in the last few months of right here in town, like, on the outskirts um, of stuff happening. You know, it's, I'm stoked about it. You know, it's like, yeah, got to go out there. We got to go look. But, uh, you know, it's better matter of just getting the time to go and do it. We're really busy these days, though. Having the the whole, you know, working for myself doesn't leave a lot of time for for anything else, and the kids kind of halfway interested in it. She she likes the idea, but at the same time, I tell her she's going to be my my bigfoot bait because they like kids. <laughs> but uh, but we we haven't yet. But it's that's you know it's right there. It's right on the doorstep, basically. You know, makes you really curious.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I i, I was sitting here thinking to myself. You know, I, I after hearing you know people like you tell me about the area and stuff, I just want to move out to Washington State. That's all. Like, I would love to just be able to you know get a job out there, buy a house out there, and just move. You know, because the, the the activity you guys have out there is just it's 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 phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's,
0: it's crazy. You know, it's uh it, you know it was a few months back. Um, Wes was talking about he just mentioned it. It was kind of a side note on one of his shows that he said that he had just talked to a guy from battleground that had, uh, you know, one go through his yard and he said that he lives you know, behind the safeway. And I was like, I live, I'm literally like right down the street from the safeway that this guy's talking about. Wow. You know, and it's all farmland out behind there. And that's, you know, and this was just a few months ago, you know, at the time, you know, when he had mentioned it, it was like the week before this guy had one walk through his yard and that he had, Talk to Wes about it, and I'm like, "This is right in our neighborhood." You know, I get I get kind of weirded out. Like if I go outside at night, I'm living in the middle of the neighborhood. You know, I'm half a mile from actual woods, but you know, it's still it's like that stuff is so close to here. Like you could probably hear at night. I could hear all the coyotes howling. Sometimes it sounds like there's stuff in the owls, like you hear in a lot of recordings. But right, you know, at the same time, I'm like now. Now, not here, you know, It's you know, the same, like, I don't want to believe it, but I want to believe it kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I listen, I think if you start putting effort into uh, looking for these things, you might actually find some evidence because it sounds like you're right in the in the in the perfect place to to look for this stuff. Uh, I envy you. I really do. I envy you a lot. (laughs) I mean, right now I have a bum back. I hurt my back at work and I can't go out in the woods if I wanted to, but my Lord, if I, if I lived in that area, I would, I'd be in heaven. Absolute heaven. So, yeah. (laughs) well, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on here tonight and sharing some of your stories and stuff. I mean, it's been a great time just sitting here and hearing you share some of this stuff. Fascinating stuff. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. All right, man. Take care.
0: Yeah, you too, buddy.
1: Well, that's the show, everybody, and I really hope you enjoyed it. I also want to let you know that if you had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, shoot me an email. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. And while you're on the website, go ahead and check out the new blog that we're posting now. We have a blog section where you can go and check it out and read some of the cool stuff that we're posting. And we also have a search section where you can go and type a episode title in, and it'll bring it up. Or you can even do a keyword like bigfoot and it'll bring up all the bigfoot stuff that we've ever posted on the website so go ahead and check that out because i know it'll be a big help for you to try to find certain things that you've been trying to find from you know a year ago on the show that said i hope you guys all have a great week take care stay safe my back ain't strong no only enough for one yeah my shoulders are weak they can give you peace but they can set you free no See, all I got is my heart All I got is my promise If all you need is my
0: love I think that we can make that work But I can't be here for you I can only be here, only be here for you But I
1: can't be here for you I can only be here, only be here for you Look into the sky Cause I can't fly like that See, all I got is my heart All I got is my promise If all you need is my flow I think that we can make that work But I can't be the hero for I can only be a gym, Only be the for I can't be a hero for I can only be here, only be here for you. Here, only be here for you. I can't be here for I can only be here only be here for Love yourself and the rest will follow. Love yourself and the rest will fall out